everyone, and welcome back to The Real and True Podcast. I'm your host, Edmund Mitchell. And I'm your host, Emily Mentock. This podcast is for us to discuss the unit of videos in more detail, to dive deeper into the content, and to share a bit of the behind the scenes of the mission and vision of Real and True. And we're really excited in this podcast episode to be discussing Unit 6. So if you haven't seen the Unit 6 videos yet, we definitely encourage you to check those out by following us, Real Plus True, um, on YouTube, uh, or you can check it out at our website, realtrue.org. This is a great unit. Emily, do you want to tell us a little bit? Each unit has a thesis and then three videos and we cover a section of the catechism. So maybe you can give us an overview of that. Yeah. So unit six is the thesis is God is the creator of heaven and earth. So this came from the section of the catechism paragraphs 232 to 421, um, where we really, the the catechism dives into believing in God the Father is creator of heaven and earth and we've broken this down in our you know usual um, sort of based on the ecclesial method structure of videos with our proclamation video which is called the mystery of life the explanation video the story of creation and then our connection video which is your story and the story emphasis on the the so definitely again go check that out if you haven't Awesome. And just to remind people, I like to remind them of where we are in the catechism. So we're on the first pillar, which is the creed, which breaks down the Apostles' Creed. So, you know, um, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. So this is a it's a big section. I mean, it's a lot. This is our first section I felt like that covered so many different topics. And so it was a challenge to focus in like, what are we going to focus in on in these three short videos? Definitely. It has one of those sections that had those really big picture things that led to us really having to like workshop a visual for the Trinity because it was like probably the most we were really starting to dive into the Trinity. But then also there's a section on like angels because you're talking about creation. Where do angels fit into that? Um, And so even though the angels didn't make it into explicitly into the script, um, that's why we always encourage people to go back to and check out the actual catechism, read what it says for this section and get inspired and learn from that as well. Um, Because, yeah, it's getting we're really diving in here yeah the the topics that this section covers here just to give you a taste god is the trinity the creator creation original sin divine providence angels the creation of adam and eve body and soul gender heaven it talks about uh yeah original sin providence how does god interact with did god create evil or not i mean it's a massive section in terms of the number of topics that are packed in there yeah it's so interesting that even though it's such a huge section of the catechism that covers so many different things i actually felt like for the the topic of the proclamation video basically how do you get people to ask the question that the catechism has answers to was actually one of our most just like it was one of the easiest ones to come up with so this proclamation video is all about the mystery of life um and and diving into how life is so mysterious and uh, how life is very awe-inspiring for so many people. Yeah, and when you talk about life, in particular, we're talking about like all of creation, you know, God is yeah, the creator. Yeah, not just like, like human beings alive or dead, but like all organisms. So God is the creator of heaven and earth. God is like, we're creatures and creation is all the non-creature type stuff, right? Well, no, creation's everything. Creation, creation's creation like is everything. It's creatures. like the stars, like the things we don't understand. The like, yeah. you know, the universe that's constantly expanding is like somehow yep. also creation. Like, and it's a total mystery, right? And yeah. at the macro level of like, man, how could this all be created by God? But also at even like the micro level. 
mm-hmm. of even understanding like how can us what's the difference between an alive cell and a dead cell you know yeah. do we even know the answer to that question yeah and and what's great is you know science really comes from this un, this uh wonder and awe at creation and how does it work and how is it all put together in this fascination with the world kind of like your friend nicole who's in this video and the word actually biology means the study of life, the study of things that are living or creation in general. And so I really love um, this video. And you in particular, Emily, have a particular fascination with the world. And I do, not in the same amazing scientific way that Nicole does, yeah. but I, I really am so inspired by creation. Well, first of all, I have I find it hard to believe that there are people who like when they're driving down a road and maybe this is like the Midwest girl and me coming out, but like they're driving down a road and you see like the sun, you know, like poking through the clouds in this beautiful way. Like, how do you not believe in God in that moment? Or like when you're seeing anything beautiful in nature, like the like if I remember as a kid, yeah, like being fascinated by like little ants or whatever in our backyard and like or like big things. Like I visited the Pacific Ocean this summer like man it just it's so hard for me personally at least to not be very like just feel that wonder and awe and I remember this was a couple years ago I got really into trying to understand the science of happiness Hmm. and UC Berkeley had this like online course that anyone could sign up for to better understand the science of happiness and I took it and it kind of broke down all these pillars of happiness and one of them the key ones was awe Hmm. and I realized that you could sort of like trigger awe Mm. by watching things like uh the bbc planet earth series so i i started this habit and continue it to this day that if i need a pick me up uh and need some happiness like i will go and watch planet earth because it does inspire something and one of the things that's interesting i think it really aligns with like a catholic understanding of creation is that um the science of happiness course said that awe the difference between awe and shame because they both kind of make you feel small um, but like in, in shame, you feel like small in like a negative way mm. and in awe, you feel small without feeling like worthless, mm. basically. Like you can still feel like you're worth, even if you feel small in this vast world. And I feel like when you try and stop and think about, you know, God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. And then how can God care about me? Like this one person or this tiny ant mm. or fruit fly, uh, then you, you really do get a sense of this, like incomprehensible vastness without feeling worthless because of how we know God created us to be. Yeah, it's interesting. It makes me think of humility. A lot of people think humility is just thinking less of yourself, but it's actually just knowing exactly where you stand in the universe. And when you're talking about awe, it's kind of, you're in awe at how small you are, but you're, you also realize that you're a part of it. And yeah, whereas shame yeah. is like, uh, you know, uh, selfishness is not thinking too much or it's thinking too much of yourself right um and right making yourself self you're self-centered right as opposed to humility which is not it's just thinking of yourself less but not thinking less of yourself <laughs> that's a tongue twist yeah 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 no i mean that's it and i think that's how a lot of us experience these things but for this video we did have the opportunity to talk with my friend nicole who took that wonder and awe to the next level by getting her phd in biology yeah. um i met nicole through a bible study that i was in um back where where i was living before i moved to detroit so i was living in south and indiana and nicole was finishing up her phd and doing research um on fruit flies okay and she'll joke about she's it. She's so her own passionate. Like, yeah, like she. We cut out yeah, like twenty so minutes passionate. of fruit fly content out of the interview. 
which is wonder wonderful because it's like again like the the macro of awe and then the micro of like how can you can be in so wonder and awe of like this particular series of fruit fly that she did her like dissertation in um but it's she took that study of science and, and as a catholic and kind of married those two and has had this really beautiful outlook on the mystery of life the mystery of creation which was perfect for this video yeah i think it's so cool how in science you really get a sense of how complicated creation is and you can either look at it and say wow we must be meaningless floating on a rock in the middle of nowhere this just all doesn't make sense or you can look at it and go man like like this is the awe that you're talking about like an awe of god and nicole really shows that i mean she she's so fascinated by how how at every point the more they learn about fruit flies they realize that they really don't know a whole lot and i think that's so interesting like the infinite depths of truth and knowledge and awe that we can have um, at creation. So this video, we kind of talked about how in biology, you know, the, the field is the study of life. And Nicole said, you know, mo for the most part, biologists might have a general consensus or idea or grasp of what life is. But actually, when you try to define life, it, that's when it starts getting kind of vague and hairy. And that's what this video right. focused on. It's like, man, well, life really is this great mystery. The difference between a living thing and a dead thing is a little more complicated than we thought. Yeah, and I think that, you know, in this, in the proclamation series, we really try and tackle things from a universal perspective. And I think that everybody has to ask the question, you know, where did it yeah. all come from? How did, like, what put me here? What is the order of the world? And um, and, it, and it's, it was one of the most perfect questions I think that we could come up with for the catechism to answer with God as the creator of heaven and earth as the answer and explaining what Yeah, and the means. idea of generating life or having control over life is a really old idea. You think of um, in different myths or fountains of youth, or you have the Frankenstein story, right, of this scientist trying to master life and create life on his own and all of these, you know, it's not it, it's not a new idea or fascination. Like this power of bringing right. life into existence is something that's very mysterious that none of us really have control of, over other than procreating, right? But but we, we can't bring right. something dead back to life in the same way that Jesus did. And the expansion of science has just been people asking more and more questions, and yes, finding some answers in those, but also finding even more yeah. questions. There was that they in, in the ask. research we did. There was a lot of really interesting stuff. Um, on this, I, I'd also recommend just because I went through so much research, looking up the definition of death. So the definition of life is really interesting. The definition of death has changed throughout the decades. First, it was like um, lacking any breath. Then it was lacking a pulse. Then it was lacking brainwave function. And now, we're, exactly, and we're Brain getting more activity, and more into this. Yeah. Like, man, sometimes people come back from these weird situations. At what point are you actually dead? And so it's a great mystery. It's really, it's really fascinating. Yeah, and even the life, um, something that the video does well is expanding it again, even beyond human beings. Like, what's the difference between an alive and a dead yeah. broccoli? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, and and it, it just really makes you stop and think, like, even if you think you're starting to define that for humans, that is just one small part of, like, creation. Yeah, as and whole. as a Christian, we, we have this understanding that in things that are alive, there's some type of immaterial life force or what we might yeah. call a spirit or a soul. Not that broccolis have souls in the same way we do, but there's some life force that's there that when it dies, that goes away and something changes. Yeah, it's fascinating. And there's, like you said, so much to unpack. In okay, this so can we move on to your and my favorite part of the podcast, the standout catechism paragraph, where we <laughs> encourage people yes. to pick their favorite paragraph and comment it somewhere in one of the videos. 
um, and we each pick our favorite paragraph. So we encourage people to read through and pray through the section of the catechism with us and to pick out one to really focus on and, and meditate on. Um, would you like to go first or me? Sure, I'll go first this time. Okay. Um, normally you do, but I'll, I'll tackle it. Right. So my one that stood out to me, again, there's like so much in the section, it's so hard to choose. So, but I'm gonna go with 384. Okay. Um, which is getting kind of past the life question and into um, more of um, like man and woman and creation of Adam and Eve and the fall and all those things. But 384 says, revelation makes known to us the state of original holiness and justice of man and woman before sin from their friendship with God flowed the happiness of their existence in paradise. Mm. And here's why that stood out to me because I think sometimes like we lose grasp of like the reality of what that like original created world was like mm. and what it was like for them. And so um, I've shared a bit on the podcast before about how diving into the catechism has really just like, it's totally opened like my, for, diving in the catechism, even just for the sake of this project, separate from how I studied it before, has really just like opened my faith and like been bringing new truths to life. Like let they've sunk in in a different way. And for this, this one's really stood out to me because it was like revelation makes known to us. And we've talked a lot on the, um, in different units about how, like how do we know things about the truths of our faith, mm. the state of like that original holiness and happiness and the, uh, the justice of their world. And we're just realizing that like, Oh yeah, like, wow, we can really know that there was truth in the reality of that existence. And it's not just, just like this tale like of, of of creation that has this nice happy beginning yeah and so that one really when i got to it um even though we don't tackle i guess we do tackle the fall in a way in the video but this one just stood out to me as like man something to know and let let that sink in in a way that it hadn't before yeah we don't talk enough i think and and again this isn't bad but i think when we're normally talking to people uh we try to shy away from saying you're broken and messed up and you need someone to fix you right and so yeah. we don't often take enough time to say actually and meditate on the fact that like, no, 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 like before the fall, Adam and Eve were spectacular. Like their like their intellect and their will were not marred by original sin. And so there was a very different experience of, you know, before original sin that we will not experience until we have our resurrected bodies or we're in heaven. And so. Yeah. And just like the justice of their yeah, world. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's not just like. I think we think a lot about the morality in the sense of like, okay, there's a judge who said something I did was wrong, but no, it affected everything. Like, like death entered the world. Things could die. Um, their intellect was marred. Their will, their ability to choose was changed. So now we struggle with concupiscence. We struggle with the temptation in a different way than Adam and Eve did. Adam and Eve could just choose to do the good. Like they could just choose it. Like I choose to do it and then I struggle after like 30 minutes, right? But like Adam and Eve were, could, were able to just perfectly choose without any real struggle. Now they chose with their freedom uh, to sin, but it was, a, it was just a very different experience of your body and life um, that we won't experience until resurrection. I, I think we forget about that. We forget about, and that's a part of the gospel message is that Jesus is gonna give us right. that back. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, I guess it was, it was did I like forget it? Did I never know it? I don't know, but but something about that reality of like that create that part of creation before the fall was just like man, this need I needed to stop and think about that and pray about yeah. that more in this. Yeah, section. it's crazy. But what about you? What was so your my favorite? favorite? Was paragraph two eighty six. So I'm gonna read it. It's a little long here, but 
It says human intelligence is surely already capable of finding a response to the question of origins, meaning like the origin of everything, the origin of humans. The existence of God, the creator, can be known with certainty through his works, meaning how he's created things and how he works in the universe and in creation. And we can know this by the light of human reason, even if this knowledge is often obscured and disfigured by error. This is why faith comes to confirm and enlighten reason in the correct understanding of this truth. Quote, by faith, we understand that the world was created by the word of God so that what is seen was made out of things which do not appear. So what I love about this is, especially this, our Catholic worldview, I mean, the truth is that we can come to some knowledge of God without anyone else telling us anything. I mean, like when you really think about that, it's such a, it's such an honoring of the dignity of the human person to say, hey, look, before I even tell you the gospel message, like look around and you can come to a pretty confident understanding that there could be a God. And then it's what revelation does, faith is elevates it beyond what we could have possibly imagined. So like Greek philosophers or, or a philosopher or someone sitting around thinking and looking at the world can say, wow, I think, I think I'm pretty confident something like God exists. And then Jesus comes in and tells you this, like gives you this peek into the craziness of how God works. But I think a lot of us that have heard Christianity from a young age, we're just used to words like Trinity, Jesus is God's son. We're used to all these things. But it's this crazy peak in like behind the curtain that we never could have just come up with on our own. Like we couldn't have just like, in, I mean, maybe we could have invented yeah. it. If, like, I don't know, but, but it would have been very, very difficult for us to imagine God is three persons, but one God, they're all equal, but they're not separate, but they are distinct. Like, it's just crazy to think about, but I, I love that both. And we can come to some knowledge of God and then God elevates that knowledge through faith and revelation. Yeah, I think if we were going to be the ones inventing it, we would have like come up with something we can comprehend. Yeah, wait, like something <laughs> simpler. Mystery. Yeah, yeah something like, simpler. Which people did for a lot of years, right? Like there was plenty of gods that were like kind of invented and people used like that to make sense of the world, but none of them are like the god that we have revealed to yeah, us. Yeah, and a lot of the gods so. from the ancient world, they really reflected humans more than they did like gods like they they had emotions they had tempers and granted the god in the old like god of the old testament does have these emotions and he is like us in some ways but also he's very very unlike us in a way that's very hard to even picture in our heads like um i remember a theology professor when we were studying the trinity he's like now look when we're reading this you have to just read it and not try to imagine it because <laughs> you can't imagine it like the trinity you can't imagine there's no visible symbol of the trinity that makes sense which is why it was pretty challenging to yes. come up with uh, an animation that would inspire like both like or reflect the truth that yeah. we do, you know, know that's like in the catechism, yep. um, but also inspire the like mystery and awe of the Trinity that, you know, we know exists. And so we had to really workshop for the explanation video. We spent a couple weeks on it. You know, what is the Trinity? How do we show the Trinity? We've mentioned it a few times in the video or in the in previous units and we've used sort of like that like the figure of the godhead of a cross mm -hmm. and of a dove to represent the holy spirit and i think that's fine i mean it's totally it's it's probably one of the best uh reflections we can come up with for the most part but for this video for this unit we did want to have something different so we came up with this sort of like kaleidoscope looking thing yeah. and the reason we kind of were inspired by that just a bit of behind the scenes for the animation of the, the explanation video I love this. because like the 
kaleidoscopes like as you turn them as you try and look through them as you try as you you're like kind of like working through it like it almost seems like they're like un, uh like almost like unfolding endlessly right mm. like it ha- gives this infinite vibe you can kind of make out the picture of like the scene that you're looking toward mm-hmm. but also it just like it moves and unfolds endlessly too so we did i mean the trinity is not prob- like a kaleidoscope but we did uh get inspired by that uh, uh image as a way to like again bring the mystery to talking about the truths that we do know from the deposit of faith yeah you guys did such a good job with that and i think especially for people that are listening to the podcast some of the little easter eggs like it's worth going back like we do, you guys, like Emily, you put a lot of thought into the visuals. So if you go back and kind of with a catechist eye or or if you try to pay some attention to some of the visuals and ask yourself like, why did we put this in this place? Or why did we shape it this way? Or why did it come on screen when it did? Um, you can really even get, get more out of the videos than you might the first time you watch them. It's definitely a fun challenge to work on them. Um, and this video is interesting too um, for the explanation video because um, we kind of use the the store a story mechanism. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, are we skipping over our? Um, do we want to give a shout out to Jim Lowe? Oh yes, before we move on, Fa- Father Jim. Uh, oh, it's Father Jim. <laughs> it's Father okay, Jim. Right. Yeah, um, we I he's a pastor here in the Metro Detroit area, um, and so Father Jim. Uh, commented on our uh, one of our videos, so we wanted to um, thank him and give him a shout out. To he said, "Praise the Lord! So exciting! FYI, we have been using Real Plus True for those considering baptism at Saint Scholastica. So good! Um, awesome. So it's really just super inspiring to see the way that uh, the videos are being used for those who are preparing to enter the church." Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so you asked me a question. You wanted I me said to talk. yes. The uh, story mechanism for the explanation video (laughs) yeah so um we talked about how all good stories have a beginning middle and an end which i mean duh um and talked about how there is the story of everything and in this video we talk about how the story has a beginning middle and an end um but also there's before the beginning right before everything was created god just was uh and then we kind of walk through that a little bit we walk through what it means that God created everything in the beginning with a purpose. Um, He created us for him. So God created man and woman for union with him. And then that union was broken through original sin, but God didn't leave us abandoned. He even in Genesis 3.15, he's already preparing to save us from this breaking of the union, right? The breaking of that um, original state that we were in. Uh, and then Jesus is sent to reconcile us to the Father. But then that's not the end of the story, actually. We're in the last part of the story. We're, we're kind of in, not the end times, but we're in the we're in the part of the story that is the church waiting for Jesus to come back and judge the living and the dead. Um, but we're in the church times. We're in the time of the Holy Spirit. Um, so I, I'm really passionate about, I'm glad that we were able to cover this section kind of in this way with with the idea of a story and in the connection video, we'll talk even more about that. But for me growing up, like I didn't know the story. I didn't know that there was a story. I just knew that there was a lot of stuff. And I don't know if, if that was your experience growing up. Yeah, I was almost like either like an oversimplified story, right? Of the be- of like the story of creation and then Jesus came and then like we had heaven. Like like that was then the end or yeah. like yeah, like this ongoing thing that never was really tied together, but I mean yeah. the- there's so much more to the creation story than it being just the beginning. Like you said, like the the things that are happening there 
like are setting the stage for for the whole story that's to come it's not just starting it and i think that was really fun to to kind of explore and work through in the script that the thesis of god is the creator of heaven and earth doesn't just mean that god set things in motion but that like he is the creator of heaven and earth today and tomorrow and for every single second that we're in existence not just like the way it kicked off the story yeah exactly you know those movies where something at the beginning ends up coming back it's Chekhov's gun right like at the at the end of the movie the thing comes back and that's kind of part of the whole ending like like because God is the creator of heaven and earth and because of who he is we know the end we know if God created everything he created it for a purpose and that goodness and truth and beauty and love they win in the end and we don't often talk about the end a lot of times I know I was this way when I was younger I just thought, I mean, the I wasn't thinking about the end. I was thinking about the present. I was thinking about me. Like, okay, right. there's all this story that leads up to me, and now it's about me. And no, it's about there is an end. There is more to the story that I can be a part of. Yes, which kind of leads into the connection video, which is um, presenting, you know, what's called your story and the story. And it kind of says, like, okay, where do we and the, the story of our lives fit into this larger, most, most important story of the world? Yeah. So there's, have you seen the movie Noah with uh, Russell Crowe? I haven't seen it with Emma Watson too, right? Yeah, I haven't yeah, yeah. seen it, but I know the movie. Okay, it's very good. Uh, it has some weird parts in it, but there's this part I really love. So Noah's really wrestling with, he's trying to convince his family to get on this boat. There's people that get left behind. And Noah's really wrestling with justice because this is before Jesus and this idea of mercy. He just knows, okay, God's told me to get on this boat. Man has become wicked and evil. There are some wicked and evil people that are getting left behind. And he convinces his family to get on this boat. And then as soon as the doors shut and then the waters rise and they're out at sea, he gathers his children around and he, he says, um, let me tell you the story. And you can tell it's such a beautiful, I mean, it's just like two to three minutes where he tells the story. He says, it's the story I told you when you were young. It's a story I've told you all the time. You can tell that this is a story that's been told often. Mm-hmm. And in this moment, what you might miss is that he knew it was an important moment to tell the story that like this action and everything that was happening, like tied into this bigger story. And he tells the story of creation. He says in the beginning it was formless. And it's like one of the coolest sequences of CGI and all this stuff. Like in the beginning, everything was formless and then darkness was over the waters and then formation. And I'm not going to ruin it for you. Go look it up, but it's really yeah. awesome. <laughs> and, um, I think we, you know, this used to be part of, I mean, this is part of, the gospel message, this is part of our faith, is that we are part of a big story. But I think in modern times or just in general, we've kind of lost the idea that we're part of a, a big story. Um, I don't know, do you, does your family have a lot of like family stories that you tell often? Um, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say that we might, we come from a family of storytellers, but I, uh, <laughs> I'm not a great story, storyteller. Um, but I will say, uh, Edmundo, our other partner, he is a great storyteller. Mm-hmm. And so there's even yeah. some stories that I've heard him say, you know, a, a couple times that like I, I could even say it for him, not even because I've heard it a million <laughs> times, but because he tells it in this like really compelling, repeatable way with a clear beginning, middle and end. Like this is just a great sequence that like makes me understand how like oral history could be a thing. My family doesn't oh, yeah. have that gift, uh, but Edmundo <laughs> definitely does. <laughs> 
my pastor at my old parish, he used to tell us constantly, if I start telling a story, just put up a hand for and put up how many fingers for how many, how many times, times you've heard, heard the story. It, yeah. And if everyone's heard it more than once, then he won't tell the story. <laughs> so he'd, he'd start going like, uh, did you tell about when I was in Russia? And if, if like a bunch of people put up two fingers, then he was like, okay, I've already told <laughs> oh, no. story. I've never like, heard that before. Um, but yeah, so... Um, so yeah, like this, the the big story is something, especially in an evangelizing catechesis. If we talk about catechesis, right? So passing on the faith in a way that evangelizes is like connecting it to the bigger story so that I'm invited to become part of it because we're not part of the story. Well, we are part of the story, but we need to make an active decision to act and be a part of the story and to adopt this story into our lives, right? Yeah, I think that, and, oh, go keep going. No, go, no, go, go. I was gonna say, yeah, we. I think we have to choose to be part of it which is like really goes against what most of us think and live our lives, especially before like an encounter with Jesus, because we think, you know, our lives are about us. We think that we are the story of our lives. But really, the reason why I have yeah. to choose to be part of the story is because it's not about me. I have to be choose yeah. to be part of the story that's about Jesus. Yeah, 100%. There's one of my favorite analogies that we got to do in the video is I have this big pile of beads and they're kind of going everywhere. And I'm saying, you know, when I was growing up, I got taught the faith. And by the end of, you know, whatever Sunday school, after however many years of Sunday school, I just had this big pile. And like, here's a bead on the Eucharist. Here's a bead on the priesthood. Here's a bead on the death penalty. Here's a bead. And they're just all disconnected stuff. And if you ask a lot of people that were you know, maybe taught the faith growing up. That's kind of how it was taught, taught. It was just disconnected. Like, I just know a bunch of stuff. If you ask me, I could tell you that on Fridays in Lent, we don't eat meat. I don't know why. I don't know what that has to do with anything. I just know that that's a thing. Or Catholics don't use contraceptives. I don't know why. I know that that's a thing. Um, and so we talk about putting a thread, putting all the beads onto this thread. And so there is a narrative thread and story that ties all those things together. And then it makes all of them make sense because you're you're able to understand them in light of the main story, the story of God's loving goodness um, and the story that we kind of tell in the explanation video and that we tell again in the connection video. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is that, you know, it's not like we just made this up like it is in there. It's not like we just made this up. Th there is a story. And a lot of times we were poorly catechized, so people didn't draw out the story for us but in fact right. one good example of this is at easter mass they have all those long readings right well all those long readings kind of follow this story they kind of set it up and i think if you hear the story especially in the connection video you'll be able to start hearing it in different places you'll hear it um, in different prayers you'll hear it in the creed you'll hear it uh, in the bible or in um yeah, just different, like um, different sacraments and stuff. You'll hear this story kind of echoed once you get the general gist of it. And I think the catechism, one of the things it does so well, and what what I've loved about kind of working with it more is that all of those teachings, those beads, those dogmas, whatever they are, like it does bring them into this interconnected, woven story that has like the core truths, like always pointing back to Jesus, back to God back to our relationship with Jesus and God yeah. and uh and it, and there is no like standalone dogma or church teaching that doesn't fit into that story in the book and exactly. I I love that about the catechism yeah so I mean the major theme of this story is that we're made for union with God so God is trinity and he's a communion of persons and we're made to participate in that God created 
uh, creation and man and woman to share in that divine life of God. That union has been ruptured due to original sin, but God the Father sends his son to save us and restore us to that union. He saves us through his death and resurrection, um, and then he leaves us the church to dispense that saving mystery into us and to to save us through the church and the sacraments. And then the Father and the Son send the Holy Spirit through the church and into us to to guide us in this life, to give us the power to live this life. Um, and now we're waiting for the end of time, for God to come back and judge the living and the dead and the end of everything, right? Um, so that's kind of like a very quick, because we don't have a ton of time, but a quick overview. Quickest version of the story. Quick overview of <laughs> yeah. the story. Um, do we want to play this? But I think it's a good practice and exercise to go back to that story. Yeah, and... You know, and like never let ourselves get too lost in the weeds that we lose sight of the story. Yes, and there's... Once you start... I mean, I know this is a lot for one idea, but once you start really studying this and, and making it part of the way you think about everything, I mean, just imagine, you know, if you have kids or if you're talking to other people, it just starts becoming the way you relate everything back to the story. So we were going to try to play this game where you just throw out a random doctrine and I will put on my catechist hat and try to relate it back to the story because you can do this with any doctrine or any part of the deposit of faith. It's all connected to the story. So we'll see if I, if this makes sense, I hope this makes sense to our listeners. You can let us know in the comments. Okay, great. Here, here comes okay. one. Um, okay. The doctrine of confirmation. Why is that a thing? Okay. Confirmation. So we were made for union to be united with God, right? Yes, you're supposed, this oh, is participation. Okay. Yes. You're supposed to participate. Yes, like be like the student in your catechist classroom. Yes. Okay, yeah. So um, <clears throat> we're saved by that through baptism, the sacrament that God gave us through baptism. And in baptism, we're given the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus doesn't want to just give us that saving grace and and have that indwelling of us. He wants to stir that up and send us out to be missionaries, to be alive in the spirit, to be out in the world, right? And so the confirmation is kind of this experience of Pentecost. So there's grace already there in baptism, but through confirmation, it's the stirring up of Pentecost. So what happened is we have, we're made for union. Original sin breaks us from that. Through baptism, that union, we, we're, we're able to have this saving of that union. And then the same spirit that was in Jesus, the Holy Spirit that's in Jesus, that empowered him to to live and move and perform miracles is the same spirit that's stirred up in us in confirmation, the same spirit at Pentecost that was then sent out into the church, like the Holy Spirit sent out. And so we're living in this age of Pentecost of the Holy Spirit. And that's what the sacrament of confirmation does. It stirs that up so we can live in the life in the divine life of God. Now we can start experiencing it here on earth. Is that good enough? Give me like a Boom. grade. That was like yeah. A plus. Okay. A plus. You're too soft. I, it's funny. I don't even remember what like I exactly like how confirmation was explained to me. I knew we were like it was like Holy Spirit 2.0 or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. But that yeah, simple, tied to the story, and like I think that that gives it a different meaning than having to just memorize this section of the catechism and what it says yeah. about confirmation yeah, yeah. for confirmation prep. So, well, this has been great. We want to end before we end. We want to share some exciting updates. Okay. Yeah. Um, so one is we had the privilege of going to Rome at the end of January. 
and um, we're able to share this project, the Real Plus Two project, um, in, and the fact that it's a global project in multiple languages um, with a couple of different offices there. So we met with the Dicaster for Communications. We met with um, the uh, Committee of Culture. We met with the Pontifical Council for Promoting the New Evangelization, um, just to share more with them about the project, get feedback from them about, you know, how do they see this, you know, fitting in with some of the things that they see happening all around all around the globe like the global church which is really just incredible to get that perspective and did that make you nervous did that make you nervous uh, at all and like what was their reaction so you know it was great like i think that they asked really great questions about it um affirmed it in many ways i mean and I think that like one of the the coolest things is really just the understanding of like the the universal nature of the catechism. Mm-hmm. When we were meeting with one of the groups, they took us to this cool library um, room, like of this big bookshelf where it had the catechism printed in like dozens of languages, right? Whoa. Like every language that the Vatican had like officially published the catechism in, even like Braille. There was like a Braille one. What? We got to get a copy cool. of that. I know. Holy it was cow. amazing. And, um, to think about like that and how they see it as a super important thing and, and the process of like of being an official translation so it can go and like and people and who who speak that language can encounter like the truths in this you know thoroughly like vetted way like uh, for a good reason right not to be strict but like so that they're that, that the truth is good for them yeah um to think about like our the goal of this project and for it to reach as many people as possible and and many languages but also like in a way that they will understand with these videos hopefully meeting them where they are in almost like this digital language to point back to the book. Um, that was super cool. So yeah, it was it was really exciting. Hopefully some uh, other exciting fruits will come of it, but wanted to share that. And then you've got some conferences coming up that you'll be attending too, right? Yes, the Bosco Conference, which is in the summer, I believe, and then the National Catholic Education Association, right? NCEA, yes. did I get that right? Yes, NCEA. Um, that's in uh, April or May, and that's going to be in Louisiana. So I'm excited to be there and see some Catholic educators. Um, and then you're attending, you and Edmundo are attending the LARE. Yes, we'll be at the LARE Congress. So if you're going to be there, look for us. Uh, we're super excited. And um, then you'll also be doing some filming with uh, the Augustine Institute and formed uh, later this month. Yeah, we're doing an interview and also uh, also with Focus. We're doing some stuff with Focus too. So I'm going to visit their headquarters there. So I'm really excited for that. Exciting. Well, all, just as a reminder, you know, all these things that we're working on, the videos of like the specific unit, but then also the way the traveling that we'll be doing to hopefully continue to spread the word um, is because we believe that the catechism is not a textbook or a collection of ideas or a set of rules, but it is the faithful echo of a God who desires to reveal himself to us. And that and on with this project, with Real Plus True, we are on a mission to retransform the book into a living voice for the modern world through our our videos, podcasts, social media, uh, reels and TikToks, all the content that we can create to help bring that to life um, to a digital audience today. And we are so grateful um, for all of your support. Yeah, thanks. And um, please subscribe on YouTube and all the podcast apps. And then also we have an email list on our website and just really hoping and praying that it inspires you as well to take the catechism into your life and be inspired and just share it as well in the same ways that, that we're trying to. So thanks for all your support and the comments and engaging and everything. And we will see you next time. See you next time.